I need to get all of my executives out on a dozen interviews. And I said, what's the goal? He says to get them out of the witness protection plan, right? Nobody has heard of them for the last year. They haven't been out talking during, during COVID, no physical stages. They haven't been writing. He's like, we need to get them out there just to see as thought leaders. And so uh, if somebody Googles the company or Googles the, um, the executive suite, they can find things there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everybody Brands Podcast, where we know that when you have clarity about your brand and for your business, so do your customers. The Everybody Brands Podcast gives you insight into branding and brand strategy that helps you focus on your customers and empowers you to outmaneuver your competition so you can achieve your company goals and grow your business. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Everybody Brands Podcast with Brian Soy. I'm very excited today to talk with Tom Schwab. Tom is the chief evangelist officer for a company called Interview Valet, the most trusted partner in the podcast industry and the leader in podcast interview marketing. Tom helps leading brands, coaches, consultants, and nonfiction authors build their brand and business with targeted podcast interviews. Tom, welcome to the Everybody Brands Podcast. Brian, thank you for having me here. Yeah. So, you know, I just ran down the list of people you work with, but, you know, um, I know the way you and I got introduced is I was doing some research on a, um, a podcast interview marketing firm for one of our clients and ended up looking at one that was different than yours. And then I found yours um, and I can't remember if it was a referral, but the one thing I noticed that was really different was the list of clients on the one site and the list of clients on your site, the list of clients on your site were the type of clients that I would want my clients to associate with. And I thought that was so important because it really made me realize that it's, it's not only, you know, my client's reputation, I'm representing their reputation, but you're representing their reputation as well, which is huge. Um, so why is that so important, um, you know, to these types of, you know, professions and brands that, are, you know, that you work with as guests? Well, I love the word they use. They're different, right? Um, a difference stands out, you know, uh, purple cow from uh, Seth Godin's there. And the problem is, is I think everybody just sort of gets lost in the noise, right? So many times people now are saying, you need to break through the noise. Well, let's, let's uh, be honest, right? We're all adding to the noise. Most people are just yelling on social media. Nobody's getting heard. And if you think you're going to out yell the biggest competitor, it's probably not going to happen. And I believe that the best way to get heard is to get in on the conversation. And that most, I'd say almost all companies, the biggest problem today is obscurity, right? There's thousands, maybe tens of thousands or millions of people that would gladly buy your current product, version 1.0, right? In fact, they're praying for it right now. The only problem is they don't know you exist. So this idea of I'm going to change this color, or I'm going to see, you know, if this font converts better than that font, well, why don't you just go out there and start talking to ideal customers? And um, that different, I'm proud to be different, right? Because nobody ever comes to us saying, I want to get on a podcast interview, right? Um, in some ways, it's like preparation H, right? Nobody <laughs> wants preparation H, right? And we got to remember that we're all selling preparation H. They've got a pain, they've got a need, they want, they want it uh, solved. So when people come to us, 
they're looking to increase their brand, grow their business. And so that's what we really focus on, uh, where a lot of people also are talking about, hey, we can get you on a podcast interview. There's 2 million podcasts out there. You don't need help getting on there. And, uh, you know, we really just help people get on the right ones so they can grow their business. Oh, yeah, that's great. I have to say this may be the first and only time Preparation H is mentioned on this podcast. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, we've talked about, let's see, uh, Preparation H now, um, Taylor Swift and tattoos. So we're covering a lot of ground. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, 2 million podcasts, that's me. I, I, last time I saw the number, it was in the hundreds of thousands. That's just crazy. Um, and I know for me personally, when I have someone walk up that I you know, barely know who say, I've been listening to your podcast. That's very gratifying. Um, so what types you know, of niche areas um, do you focus in? And uh, you know, what are the best professions and brands that work, you know, that, that are ideal guests for those content producers? Yeah. And, and backing into it a little bit, you know, that 2 million podcasts, well, you know, 400,000 of them have published in the last 30 days. Most of them have died off. And now you start taking away comedy, true crime, um, things like that. It gets a smaller version. And we focus on three verticals, not mm -hmm. necessarily where our clients are, but where our clients' clients are. And that's business, faith and Christianity, and health, nutrition, and wellness. And one of the things we look at is not everybody has great success with podcast interviews. You know, there's some people I would say, do not do this. Right. First of all, you've got to be able to serve a national, if not global audience. Right. So I live here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. A friend of mine installs, um, you know, high end TV and, and audio video. It would be lousy for him because if you're not within 30 miles drive, you're not a customer of him. So for him to go out there on podcast interviews would not work well. The other thing, too, is that the lifetime value is substantial. There's, there's a relationship there, right? I don't need to know, um, you know, somebody that uh, sells me, oh, the, the earbuds. I don't have wireless earbuds because my wired ones go through the wash like every two weeks. <laughs> I, bu I buy the, the cheapest one. But if you think that I'm going to hire a coach, a consultant, a, um, a, a partner in my business, and not know who they are, their heart, all the rest of that, that's a big, big decision for me. And I want to know more about that company. It's not just a transaction. In fact, if they, if I saw them, just the only place I saw them was on Facebook, right? I am not going to pick a, uh, a cardiac, cardiac surgeon for a loved one because they popped up on, mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook. I want to know that relationship. I want to have somebody introduce them to me. So with that, we see, we work with a lot of nonfiction authors, right? And most of the time they've got some kind of product or business behind that, right? Uh, we've done a lot of early on, we did some fiction authors and it just never worked well. I don't, I don't need to know who the author is to, to read or buy a fiction book. And you're going to have to do a lot of work if you're only, you know, making a dollar on each book. Also coaches and consultants, um, people want to know your heart before they start to work with you. Um, a lot of brands that are trying to differentiate themselves, 
want to test the market in new areas or just want to get out there. Um, you know, I'm an engineer by degree. So for me, writing a blog is a homework assignment, but mm-hmm. talking is very easy. So a lot of times you'll have, you know, CEOs of a company that find it easier to talk either from a physical stage or digital stage, and then they'll take that content and repurpose it to use it in different ways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's what, you know, one of my questions I had was, you know, we all love to hear ourselves talk. Um, uh, and, you know, but I think the best podcasts really involve two people, you know, of course there's a, exceptions and some of them, you know, like Seth Godin's podcast, you know, Kimbo, you know, everybody just loves listening to Seth because he's just got such great wisdom to drop. Um, but you know, it involves a podcaster and, and a host and it involves a guest. So what would be your advice? I mean, are, are, do you say, hey, go start a podcast or do you say, you know, you're going to get a more benefit from being a guest on a podcast? Well, I don't think it's an either or. Okay. You have to figure out what the goals are. So from the standpoint of if somebody comes to me and says, should I be an Uber driver or an Uber passenger? Well, it really depends what your goals are. It's the same platform. I'd say the same thing in podcasting, right? If you want to nurture your current leads, your current customers, then have your own podcast, right? Seth Godin, that's what he's doing with that. If you want to go out and get new exposure, if you want to get new leads, if you want to get new backlinks, if you want to get new opportunities, then you have to tap into somebody else's audience, and, you know, that could be, you know, physical stages or digital stages here. And so that's where I really see it's not an either or. The other thing that I look at, I'm an engineer by degree and return on investment to me that you can get two things. You can either get more out or you can put less in. Having your own podcast is a lot of work. You know, Brian, as you know, we hit record. I show up. I answer questions. We finish you've still got a lot of work to do. So as a guest, you're not putting in as much of the effort, but you're getting the vast majority of the benefit. And the idea of it being an interview, you had mentioned that, that, uh, that it shouldn't be an interview. It should be more of a conversation. And I think that's, that's true because if, if I was doing a 45 minute keynote, that is really tough, right? Because I've got to have 45 minutes of material, fresh material every time. But if you're having a conversation, we're all ready to have a conversation. We've got our expertise, our opinion. And while they often call them podcast interviews, I remind people it's a conversation, right? Because interviews are not remarkable. And I I look at podcasts as like going into a, a, a breakfast place, like a Denny's, right? And there's two people in the booth next to you. And you're listening to them, right? If it's an interview, that's like the manager interviewing the busboy, answering this, asking the same questions to every person. That's not interesting. It's definitely not remarkable. I'm not going to go on the day and go, Brian, I just heard the amazing, most amazing thing, but it should really be a conversation of two people talking back and forth. And I think there's something in our human psyche, right? We like to listen in that voyeuristic of, of, of listening in on those conversations. So I think, you know, people should be talking back and forth, not just, you know, somebody asking their five questions and somebody else going off of the talking points. Right, right. Yeah. So if I use the word interview, that was probably just a semantic slip. You know, it, it is very conversational. I mean, it needs to be. 
Um, and that's, I mean, I'm very intentional in my post-production to talk about them as conversations. Although I might suggest you may need to rename your company Conversation Valet. It could be, or even our category of podcast interview marketing. I set that as the category. And then the first thing I tell you is a conversation, not an interview. Well, that, that's part of the, that's part of the role of the podcast to hear is just to like bring these things to light, give you some free consulting. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I will probably spend anywhere from two to four hours post-producing this, um, mainly just because I like to have a little bit of control, like to know what's going to go in break it up a little bit. Um, I mean, I, and I know there are companies out there that I can send it off to and have it post-produced. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, for me, it's part of the creative process as well. So that, and part of my goal for being a podcast host is I learn, I learn a lot. And a lot of this is research, you know, around this idea that everybody brands. So it's a very customer focused, people focused approach to brand building, to branding, um, to brand development. And, you know, without customers, there's no need for brands, really. So thanks. Uh, and that leads into, you know, I was thinking about, I, I captured off of your LinkedIn, you just said marketing is at its heart. Um, it's starting a conversation with someone who could be an ideal customer. Um, so what are some examples of how you've seen this conversation play out between some of your clients and some of their customers? You know, yeah. Really, it's the idea of letting people know who you are. So like uh, a consultant, right? Uh, I can think of a, uh, a CPA that we worked with. At one time, we had two CPAs that were doing basically the same thing. One was uh, uh, both fractional CFO work. One was a retired New York City cop. The other one uh, used to work for the big three. And they'd get out there and talk about what they did. And before we brought the second one on, I remember asking the, the first client we had, would this be a conflict of interest? And he said, heavens no, right? The person that's going to hire the, the big three that went to Ivy League schools, he's not going to hire me and vice versa. So I think being able to go out there, get to know who, who you are, who you best work with, it comes easier from that conversation than it does say just from a website or a picture, because, you know, I'll admit most of the websites look similar out there and especially for different professions, it's like they all use the same template and it's hard to stand out and differentiate. Before we continue our conversation on the Everybody Brands podcast, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever imagined trying to read a label from the inside of a bottle? It doesn't sound easy, does it? Now, imagine trying to do that with your business. Do you ever wonder if people on the outside of your company think your brand is clear and focused? If so, I want to tell you about the Clarity Credo, 12 principles that can help you align your branding with your business strategy to inspire your team and grow your business. The principles of the Clarity Credo will help you build a brand that people love through purpose, character, culture, and voice. Get a poster of the 12 principles and a year's worth of practices that you can apply to your brand and business when you sign up for the Clarity Credo at claritycredo.com. For other ones, it's companies that are, that are launching. Uh, one of the ones we worked with very early on was Acuity Scheduling, and they've since got uh, acquired by Squarespace. It was their first acquisition. Now, there's a lot of scheduling 
companies out there. You know, they're scheduled once Calendly, but Gavin got out there and explained why he built it, how he built it for his mom, how she started to use it and other people started to use it and how he built this company. And all of a sudden it was like, I know, like, and trust these people. I, I like the culture. I like what they're trying to do. Now, is it better than schedule once? I don't know. I don't look at schedule once, right? And is schedule once a, a company out of Bangladesh? I, I really don't know. And it was interesting. Uh, years ago, HubSpot did a, um, a study and they found that the people that went to about the founder page, that was highly indicative of a buying decision. And you think about it now, brands are people, right? If I say Virgin Atlantic, you know, you know, Sir Richard Branson, you know, uh, if I say Facebook, uh, Meta, whatever we're calling it now, you know, there's Zuckerberg on that. So, or, you know, Tesla, more and more brands are people um, and you have to have a face of the company out there. And even if it's not one person, you want to know what their heart is. Uh, we worked with uh, a gentleman um, and he had just become the CMO of a publicly traded company. And we had worked with him on two of his book tours and uh, he's got a, a national podcast and he came out and he said, I need to get all of my executives out on a dozen interviews. And I said, what's the goal? He says to get them out of the witness protection plan right? Nobody has heard of them for the last year. They haven't been out talking during, during COVID, no physical stages. They haven't been writing. He's like, we need to get them out there just to see as thought leaders. And so uh, if somebody Googles the company or Googles the, um, the executive suite, they can find things there. Yeah, boy, there's so much in that last segment, <laughs> last question, conversation. Um, yeah, even to, to that, like getting them out of the witness protection program reminds me of, you know, we do a lot of work with multi-generation family businesses. And one of the companies we've worked with is 100 years old this year, fourth to fifth generation transitions occurring. And a lot of our early conversations was, let's get some of your other you know, C-suite executives out in front of people more, you know, just to have them you know, help carry the CEO's vision forward. So it's not just the CEO, but then there's this, the whole aspect of helping that person transition to, you know, whatever's next in her role um, as a CEO. So that's huge. Yeah, um, and the, the idea that exposure brings opportunity, um, opportunity for the, the person speaking, but then also opportunity for people to hear something new about the company, something in a larger, more in-depth format than they, they would. We worked with a um, uh, defense contractor and their whole goal on it was they wanted to get out there and start talking about the neat things that they were doing, the fun things, because all of a sudden the tech um, talent that got out of, of college they didn't want to go work for their, their uh, grandfather's, you know, defense contractor. Um, they wanted to go work at Google, Microsoft, wherever these are. And so they got different people out there that were different diversity, different ages, right? Not all uh, gray-haired uh, CEOs and got out there and said, hey, here are the fun things we're doing. Here's some of the interesting things. And that really put a nice brand on the company. And maybe you wouldn't run that ad or that podcast on 60 minutes, but for a targeted podcast where you're talking to those, those people, 
that has more impact. You know, that's that whole thing of content is king, but context is God, you know, small mm-hmm. G. Yeah. Yeah. Good point there. Um, yeah. And, and this really speaks to this level of employer branding. So, you know, it's kind of as a category phrase, employers need to be positioning themselves as a place to work because they're all whining right now about how hard it is to recruit talent, but few of them have taken the steps to say, we are a place worth, worth your time and worthy of working at because of all these reasons. And it's by, you know, I call it raising your voice. So in the positive way, like you're getting in front of people, you're, um, you're building familiarity about the brand so that when people do have the, the choice to make, you know, we, we buy based on familiarity. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things out there. It's like, oh, you know, the company purpose resonated with me, da, 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 da. I like their why. It's like, you know, people buy based on what they're familiar with. People will pursue a company with which they're familiar as well. And so, yeah, I could see where this could really be beneficial for recruiting um, and retention. You know, as you were talking about that, Brian, I thought of something too, is that there's a futurist out of Stanford, uh, Joe, I believe it's Johansson, and he wrote a book called The The Leadership Literacies. Um, And one of the things that he mentioned in there is that he thought the future was vivid audio, not vivid video. And it's the first time I'd ever heard that. And one of the things he said is because video gets dated so quickly and it's discriminatory, right? So if you have a video, we judge, right? So we'll say, well, they're, they're too old. They're too young. They don't look like me. Or that video is, is so old. Look at the, the size of his lapels. You know, there's all of these things that it's like, oh, this isn't, this isn't consistent. But if it's just someone talking, you almost make, you put a face on them of someone that you like, right? You think about radio DJs. I mean, you always had a a picture of what they looked like. And then you were shocked when they, uh, when you actually saw them. It reminded me years, well, a couple of years ago, uh, my niece was studying for um, her real estate license and she reached out to me and she said, Uncle Tom, have you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? And I'm like, yeah, honey, why? And she's like, well, I'm studying for this exam. They had me download all these things and listen to him. And he's, she's like, he's great. You'd love him. And Uh I didn't have, I didn't have the guts to tell her that, honey, Zig's been dead for years. And those were probably recorded before you were born. Now, if she had seen the video and seen, you know, um, huge lapels and, you know, the, the different video, she probably would have turned it off. But because she was just listening to it, she listened to the content. And so I think um, as you were just talking about that from a customer or a branding um, aspect to go out there and recruit, to get other other niches, other verticals, other generations, podcasts may be easier to do it that way than video. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, it's more, uh, what's the way to phrase this? You can, you can access audio in so many other places. So, you know, yesterday, you know, we had a house full of family all weekend and, and as an introvert, it, after a while, I just need quiet time. So I popped in my headphones and cut the lawn yesterday 
And, you know, I just popped on a couple of podcasts and that's, that for me is great. I couldn't have done that as easily with video. I don't feel because, you know, audio, it's bigger file size. I'm always thinking about, you know, we always think about bandwidth, um, but it's, and it's easily repurposed, but I know people who listen to podcasts in the, on their long drives, um, yeah, just everywhere. Even, you have, even one of my staff listens to podcasts. He's got a huge screen full that he just listens to all day while he works. So it is that it's like, it's like that universal language uh, or medium that's really appeals and, and can fit anybody's lifestyle. And people learn in different ways, right? Certain oh, people, p- people read and certain people listen. You know, the studies right now say 51% of the U S adults listen to podcasts. And I remember somebody saying, well, when do you think it'll get to a hundred percent? I'm like, I don't think TV and radio ever got to a hundred percent, right? There's still 10% of the U S population is hearing impaired. They're not going to listen to this podcast, but they could listen or listen. They could read the transcript. Um, they could, uh, you know, um, have it read to them, you know, with text, um, or the other thing there too, is even repurposing it and, and getting it out there. Um, the other thing that's interesting when you were saying that, do you listen to podcasts sped up? I do not. Um, it, unless it's someone who is a slower talker. Um, so it, it's just not my, it's just not my style. I don't, I don't skim books. I read them at my pace and same with podcasts. Uh, it's interesting. 70% of podcasts are listened to sped up. And you're right. If it's a story, I'll probably slow that down. But if I'm just trying to, to get through it for big main ideas, I'll speed that up. And I'm like, there's no other medium. I guess I could speed read if I, if I could learn how, but if you try that on video, it just looks so awkward with everybody bouncing around. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. No, I, I'll have to consider that, you know, kind of hit the big ideas, but I, I guess it's just more how I absorb content as well. I, I mean, personally, I would, I'm a faster reader than it. I think listening is too slow. So I love to see a transcript. Um, I'll read through it, skim it, hit the bullet points. And if I want to listen, then go back and listen. Um, that's my preferred style. Um, Cause I'm always hitting like the show notes to see if like, okay, did he cover that point in the show notes so I can copy it, share it on social media um, but you know, podcasting's got a lot of interesting things, and, and like I use um, a platform called Simplecast. Um, and what I love about Simplecast is I can create what they call a recast, so it captures the uh, an image of the artwork and a 30, 60, 90 second clip of the audio, so I can share that on social. So it's really important to think about when we're when we're either as a guest to be able to share the content that we contribute to or as a host to be able to, to share the content we create. Uh, so for me, Simplecast is great. Uh, I think I've started to use verbal um, mm-hmm. as one. Um, I'm actually gonna take my children's books that I write and I'm gonna, instead of publishing them, I'm going to produce them first as quick podcast episodes and release them that way to see which ones people like. And then I'll turn them into books. Wow, what, a, what an easy way to, to test it before you put it out there, you know, almost seeding the ideas. And if it takes hold, then you can launch it in other formats. Sure. Well, and, and look how quick it can be, you know, in 30 minutes, you know, take me an hour or two to write the story. 30 minutes, I can produce an episode, you know, audio version of it or release it 
you know, in some other way and yeah, see what people think. And that's, that's, that's my children's book author brand that I'm slowly developing over decades. And even thinking it from the kid's standpoint, um, they can listen along. Um, and one of the things we've seen with a lot of our clients, they've reported to us that off of podcast interviews, they sell more audible books, which would be ex- expected, right? If people have self-identified, but people will go back and buy the paperback or the hardback then too. And I'm thinking I've done that so many times where I'll listen to something and I'm like, wow, that is good. I need the paperback now to highlight, to take notes, to implement. Uh, so I, I think it could actually help the sales. That's a great strategy. Um, you know, encouraging people to, you know, think about the multiple ways they can use audio. So not only the podcast, but starting off, making sure that audiobook is ready at the time of the podcast when they do a book tour, virtual book tour. And once again, that's so easy now too. It uh, used to be, you'd have to go into a big city in a studio. Uh, I did mine during COVID um, just over, over the internet, uh, just so long as you have a decent microphone. Uh, I got to say, I felt, I felt like I was in fourth grade reading my essay for Sister Margaret, right? Because the audio engineer was listening to me on the other side and it was great as I'd read. Uh, he would just stop and say, uh, could we go back to that par- last paragraph? You missed a word. But wow, in, in a day, I got that entire book done. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd love to have that resource that the, you know, the whatever platform you use to do that, just to share in the show notes. Oh, very much so. I'll send that over to you. Or my personal edification as well. Before we wrap up this episode, I want you to think about the things that stand in the way of achieving your business goals. For many leaders, it's complexity, uncertainty, and the challenge of getting their vision out of their head and into action so their team and business can thrive. The one thing I know business leaders seek is clarity for their brand, message, and business strategy. I understand how frustrating it is when your business isn't growing or your marketing doesn't produce the results you expect. Instead of wasting money on marketing that doesn't work, the fastest way to grow your business is to define your focus and create a clear message about it with the StoryBrand framework. Since I became a StoryBrand certified guide, I've helped dozens of leaders unify sales teams and grow their business with clear messaging that helps customers understand how brands help them overcome a problem or achieve a goal. StoryBrand is a proven model that helps teams and leaders communicate with clarity, connect with customers, and grow their sales. It's a sure way to get everyone on your team to speak in one voice with a clear and consistent message. So if you need help defining your focus and creating a clear message so your marketing starts to produce, contact Aspire at aspire.com slash storybrand so you can stop wasting money, find the clarity you need, and get your business growing. So, hey, so we're coming up on like a half hour here um, and just thinking through some of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, Just what are some other, you know, benefits that you have found, you know, let's just say for, you know, authors that being a podcast guest has helped them achieve. Especially for nonfiction authors. um, One of the great things that you can do is you can launch the book. 
right? So some of the people will come to us and their whole goal is to hit a list. So it could be, you know, hitting the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Last year, we helped four books do that. So they do what we call as a guest storm. Three, four months before the book even launches, they're out there doing podcast interviews. And then we work with the host to say, could you drop these, you know, launch date plus or minus a week? So they get this great boost of exposure, sales, all the rest of that. Now, other people will say, no, I just, I want a steady flow of readers, of leads, of backlinks. And so those people will do more of a brand builder and say, hey, I want to be on one, you know, one great interview a month, or excuse me, a, a week, and just go around to different ones. The other thing that we've seen a lot with authors is instead of just giving an overarching discussion of the book, drill down on different chapters. So we've got uh, one gentleman we uh, work with, uh, Jeff uh, Madoff, and Jeff wrote a book called Creative Careers. There's 13 chapters in there. Each one could be a standalone book. So he's intentionally gone out and talked about each one of those chapters. Now he's got proof sources that he can use sort of as an add-on. He can um, use it to repurpose the content. And really he's working it into his overall thing. So if, if somebody uh, finishes you know, chapter two, he could come back and say, you know, there's a, there's a couple of interviews that I did where I dig deeper into this. The other really nice thing about from an author's perspective is it allows you to time shift. You know, it, you work so hard to get the book done and then the book goes from, uh, you know, being all set to a finite amount of time before it launches. And there's sort of the doldrums right there where nothing's happening, it seems like. And mm-hmm. then the book launches and now you got to do a book signing for it. You have to uh, have to, you get to, you get to be on television, you get to be on radio. So with these podcast interviews, you know, uh, you do those well in advance of it. So three months before the book launches, you're doing these interviews, you're almost practicing what you're going to be talking about on other mediums. You're getting the feedback from people of what questions are they asking? What are they most excited about? You're getting all of that. And then you finish that up and then the book launches. You've got all this content that drops immediately and you can go on to other things too. So if you think through it well, it can be a really powerful part of a book launch strategy. Yeah. Well, even you know, using that same thought as a, as a brand building strategy, both for individuals, but for, for company businesses in that, you know, people are always looking for the authority and credibility. So instead of just sharing, like, here's a blog post, Hey, Hey, you know, here is a um, podcast that I was a guest on. And we talked about this very issue that you're facing now. Um, You know, like I have a lot, and I just, I was writing this question down. We have a lot of CEOs that I'll talk to. And I'm like, you really, you know, you need to be the face of the of the company. You need to be the face of the brand because that's what people are looking for. Um, You know, not only the employees looking for who's leading them, but, you know, as we talked about earlier in our conversation, you know, what's your heart like, who are you like, and and how is this company a reflection of who you are? Because we know so many with, with this idea of brand personality that, you know, there, there's an aspect of the individual's personality in the brand personality of the company. You know, we're, we're carrying that forward. So what would you say to a CEO who, who's really hesitant or reluctant to be one, to be a, who's a reluctant leader who doesn't really want to be the face of the company? 
I, I would say I resonate with you and I struggled this with this for years because I have, I, I have respected the humble leader that isn't just out there for ego. And so often I would see people out there that I, I thought were doing it just so they could be famous or just get, get out there. And it was all ego driven. And I've seen some companies that the leader was so instrumental to it. It's like it became a personality. How can you get it? You know, how could you ever sell this company? You know, Dave Ramsey has been working, you know, through this for a, a long time, right? So I struggled with this for a long time and somebody pointed out, no, there's got to be a face to the company. People are going to find that out. And if you don't put it out there, they're just going to, you know, decide, decide on something that isn't truthful about the company. And one of the things that I, after I got through my nervousness on there, I thought, well, me as the founder of the company as the leader of the company, my personality is like the personality of the company, right? Um, we're a veteran owned business. 50% of our, of our, uh, team is military spouses, right? Um, I, I'm a Christian. Uh, we're, we're trying to do more to, to add light to the world. So all of these things that are in my heart are also in the heart of the company. You know, I'm a little bit quirky. Uh, I'm an engineer by degree, right? So, we're going to get to a spreadsheet or an equation at some point. So all of these things that are like me is the same thing you're going to find in the company there too. You're not going to find a lot of hype and, and over-promising. Um, and so, you know, it's the Midwestern values, if you will. And so as I looked at that and I thought, well, if people don't like me, right, that's fine. But if they don't like me, they're probably not going to like the company, right? If you're looking for, you know, um, uh, somebody in LA, a PR agent in front of a, a mansion with his Ferrari and, uh, you know, uh, people in bikinis and stuff like that. Yes, we are not the agency for you. And so more I get out there and I talk, I, I just realized that people would hear me, they get to know who I am, who the company is like, what the company is like, and they would either turn me up or turn me off. And early on, I was like, Oh, I, I don't like it when people, you know, turn me off and I'm more, it's like, no, this is, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we do. These are our values. And if that doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Right. Doesn't mean you're a bad person or I'm a bad person, but let's figure this out early on in the relationship. Let's figure out this early on in the marketing, right? You don't want to go through all this marketing just to realize I don't like this company or go through an initial engagement. And they're like, wow, it's not what I expected. No, you, what you hear on a podcast interview is what you'll get on uh, from interview valet. So um, that was a long answer to a short question, but it's something that I have struggled with. Um, and part of it was ego. Part of it was um, I'll say was ego, but was fear. And I think part of being a leader is standing up. And I, I call myself the chief evangelist officer, not the CEO, right? Because I've got friends that are CEO of publicly traded companies. You know, I am not that level of CEO, but my job is to evangelize for our market, for our customers and for our clients. And I do best that best when I can get out there and, and be the face of the company. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, you do an excellent job of not, 
not pushing your ego. You don't even push your accomplishments. I struggled to get three lines to introduce you for our podcast <laughs> as you talk about how you help your customers, which, you know, again, as me as a story brand guy, just us as marketers, we want the focus to be on who we serve, what we do for them and why it matters to them. Not about, not about us and how great we think we are. Cause as a colleague of mine said, um, your brand is, your brand isn't as great as you think it is to the other people. Um, so we all, we all have to keep working on that. Well, that's, that is great advice. I think just to, to think about, you know, being the face of the company without putting your ego in the way um, we want to, but that it represents, you know, who you are in front of people represents who the company is too. And you know, for any company, that's why it's so important to talk about its purpose. I would say character, culture, and voice, because we as people are our brand's most important touch points. You know, everything else is frozen in place, printed materials, logo, but we as people, we're constantly evolving and responding and reacting to the things we hear. So those things as the CEO or the president or the chief evangelist officer shares those and, and encourages people to follow their lead, whether it's on a podcast or just in person, uh, is, is critically important to the success of a business. So Tom, you know, thanks so much for joining us today. I just want to leave on this, you know, this little bit of leadership inspiration because I think that's that's the big takeaway here is that uh, this this kind of being a podcast guest can also help you be a better leader because it it does force you to think through you know, what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and how you're going to be the voice for a company and for the people you represent. Yeah, it's um one of the things that that I learned years ago is that what's ordinary to you is amazing to others, right? Because of our experience, we think, oh, everybody knows this. Well, they don't. And to, if you share it with them, it can help them. And, you know, um, uh, I'm not uh, Jewish, but I've got a rabbi. And I think everybody should have a rabbi. And I, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, uh, his great podcast too, talks about being blessed to be a blessing, right? That you were taught these lessons, not for yourself, but so that you could help other people. And so um, I always used to have the cop out of, I, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? Who can I tell here? But now with technology, I can share what I've learned with the world and uh, make it a better place. And that's really what we're trying to do. And I think the, the best gift that you can ever give anyone is introducing them to a new idea, or a new person. It's the only thing they can't do for themselves. And today, more than ever, as a podcast guest or as a podcast host, uh, it's easier than ever. Yeah, that's that's a great way to close. Um, and I agree, uh, Rabbi Lappin, just he's got just such simple wisdom to share. But there's such it comes from that richness of the literally centuries of Jewish wisdom and how and and it's amazing how it can apply to our life, but that could be a whole nother conversation. So Tom, what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you or actually, and even to contact interview valet, you know, Brian, I'll make it easy. I'm the only Tom Schwab in all of Kalamazoo, Michigan, <laughs> but I realized that if somebody's listening to a podcast, they're doing a lot of things. So just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash brand. And everything that Brian and I will talk about will be there. I'll put, there's a 
uh, an assessment that we have, 10 questions. How, how will podcast interview marketing work for you? Um, I wrote a book. Um, I sell, sell a lot on Amazon, but I give a whole lot more away. So if you want a copy of the book, Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy, um, that'll be on there. And if you want to talk about how could you use podcast interview marketing, how could you leverage other people's audience to grow your business and grow your brand? I'll put my calendar link on there. So everything there will be at interviewvalet.com forward slash brand. Fantastic. And and I just have to say, I recommend Tom all the time to our clients. Um, he's got at least two uh, and hopefully more of our clients working with him. And uh, they're very pleased as well. Um, that is not why I had Tom on here. I just want to say, though, I am recommending him highly. So, Tom, thanks so much again. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you share with the rest of us on that um, interview valet slash brand page, interviewvalet.com slash brand page. And I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. I look forward to it, Brian. Thank you so All much. Right. Thank you, Tom. Many people struggle to create customers that build their brand and sustain their business. If this podcast helps you outmaneuver your competition and gain new customers, please open your podcast app and leave a five-star review so more people can discover and listen to the experts and insights we share. Music from this episode is the track Wrong by Dan Hennig, found on youtube.com slash audio library slash music.